Hey, I, well, damn. Uh, you just got done listening to me talk about Kevin Burleson and his streaky streak, uh, doo-doo streak, if you will. Uh, mm-hmm. Joining me to elaborate further, a very funny man based out of New York City, uh, writer and EP on Jesus and Marrow. He's got his own pod called the Make My Day podcast. Got a book out, too. It's called Nice Try, available wherever you read. Put your hands together. <laughs> For Josh Gondelman, everybody. Hey. What's up? Yes. <laughs> thank you for having me. Yeah, man. No, dude, thank you for doing this. Oh, my pleasure. And I love talking about like bad streaks. Uh, I think it's I, I like love the idea of people like people who are so good at the thing they do, especially in sports. Right. Um, and who go down in history like Bill Buckner at one point was one of the top baseball players in the world and he's famous for missing (laughs) one ground ball and i'm fascinated with that (laughs) yeah the pressure is so high i mean if there was someone keeping stats on like jokes like i'd be kicked out i'd be in a farm league like (laughs) i've tried i've tried jokes so many times that have like not whole jokes but like you know one tag that you love sure and it never works but you just keep doing it Yes, I think that that's true, right? There are so few uh, careers, like in in comedy, you have to bomb on such an epic stage for it to define your career. I can think of one, one bomb (laughs) that's so bad. And it was not an act. It was like that person's fault for sure. It's like, if I'm thinking of like (laughs) Bill Buckner sized career defining bombs, it's like Michael Richards end of list. Yeah. That's it. One That's guy it. in sports. It happens every few years. Nick Anderson. Mm-hmm. Yep. Nick that's Anderson. A, that's a really bad bomb. Yeah. You hear about like, and then there's, there's guys who just like kind of um, caught the proverbial stray of like someone else being excellent. Right. Like, um, like Wally Pip in baseball where you just like, oh yeah, Lou Gehrig came in and just erased your whole life. <laughs> Oh, no, it happened in rap, too. Biggie ended Kwame's career because he made fun of his shirt so bad on the song, you remember? <laughs> but I, I love, like, that kind of thing. And it's, you know, I feel so much sympathy for people like Kevin Burleson, who, like, this is the, the most, um, the, the record that he set, right? The thing that will go down in, like, the trivia record books is this. And it's like his career, he played all over the place. He is a coach. And it's like, we're talking about him because he missed 36 shots in a row. Man, over the course of weeks too. You know, Two you, months, it's like, <laughs> 62 days, right? It took a, yeah, it took a long ass time for him to miss them shots. Um, imagine having any other job where you are just on this cold streak of like, Going in for two months straight and and just that's whiffing coffee. at the fundamental yeah two months of bombing I just imagine being a lumberjack <laughs> and just not being able to hit a tree for two months and they don't fire you yeah they don't fire they're you like, they're just like hey man shoot gonna get it together lumberjacks lumberjack you gotta go out there and take your cuts <laughs> thirty six two, two <laughs> months in a row just like whiffing and people going like all right well you know. You, why don't you go home for the day, come back in two days and try again? Yeah, yeah. Give it a little. We're not going to make you cut today. Yeah. <laughs> you sit there. You watch, watch some guys. See how it looks. Yeah. Go home. Man, amazing. You know, come in come in on an off day. Swing at a bunch of planks, right? Swing an axe at a bunch of wooden planks. 
<laughs> to get ready for the trees. On a side note, I'm definitely thinking like I've wanted to keep score in comedy for years. Mm-hmm. I want every show to have a statistician <laughs> with an official book. There's two refs. They're far away. They're not like next to you, but like there's people watching. Sure. There's sure. official records. I was in D.C. I was trying to get a I consider I was like, what if there's a comedy fantasy league? But it's like, I don't want to get into a fist fight. Like right. it, would, it would not end good. But damn it, if I don't want it. it there would be people who take it very badly. It's also very the idea of like funny ball. Right. Is that that's what that is? Ooh, <laughs> you didn't came up with the name. Yo, funny ball is back. Funny ball. It's so like I would just my stats for years would have been so bad. And it's like, you know what I mean? Like just like starting out and just like those sweaty first shows. Oh. Hey, let me ask you this. I never knew who's your team. Who's I'm a Celtics guy. Oh man. Well, um, okay. That's let me just take that in. That's hey. Except (laughs) unaccept unaccept, if you'd like to end the podcast now, I understand. Yeah. It just fucked my head up because you're such a nice guy. I didn't think. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. What is the nice guy team? Like, who would you have thought was my team? Fuck uh, the Timberwolves. Some shit. Some teams are just like, who gives a shit ass team? I've got kind of a Carl Anthony Towns disposition, if not skill set. Yeah. Just trying, just out here trying to make it, man. You know, I I love, I haven't seen the documentary yet, but I just read, um, Michael Pina's GQ profile of Kevin Garnett, um, which is, Mm. have you read it? It's incredible. It's Kevin Garnett speaking Timberwolves and Celtics bridging the gap is so close to my heart. Um, His anything's possible post game speech when they won the championship in 08 is like maybe my favorite off field, off court sports moment of all time. And he, there's just like so many gems. Speaking of Biggie, there's a story about him like meeting Biggie at the All Star Game in '97 and like refuse, like declining to smoke weed in his hotel room. But like Biggie pulls up <laughs> in a limo and opens. His, he's got like a fur coat, and there's just two women under his fur coat. Coat? Oh my god! He's like smuggling them in the way you bring in like milk duds into a movie. <laughs> <laughs> He reveals that his favorite movie of all time is Serendipity with John Cusack and Kate Beckinsale. Yo. It's incredible. Fuck yeah. That's the street I grew up on too. That's how really? Serendipity Road. Uh, Mom, dad, the folks. Yeah, yeah. We used to call it the dips. And because you're and congratulations to your your wizards killing it so far. Yeah, you want to talk about a nice guy team? <laughs> Let's go. I can't believe what I'm watching. We're in first place and it's beautiful. It's incredible. Whereas lo- but- by the time this podcast comes out, maybe we won't be in first place, but mark it down, folks. When we record it, I'm holding up today's new... Let me pull out a W, a paste up. <laughs> we are in first place. It is November. Fuck you. Uh, I feel very good. It's so funny, the idea of like, I'm imagining like you being kidnapped and having to prove it stay, and you're like, well, can I hold the conference standings <laughs> to prove that I'm alive <laughs> and that the Wizards are in first place? Yeah, if it's, come on, man, if you're going to shoot me anyway, just pull it up. I have my phone right here. <laughs> Once it's on the record. Oh, yeah, holding up your phone. I guess you could do that, right? I, man, I still yeah. am thinking about... Well, Aunt- if you're getting kid, if you... <laughs> If you've been kidnapped, they took your phone. Right. I mean, but if they're they good kidnapped, they could hold up their phone in front of you and be like, here's what today is. Here's the New York Times headline. Um, Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm still thinking about analog kidnappings. Man, analog kidnapping. Yo, who's going to, somebody's going to bring it back. Cassettes come back every mm-hmm. five, six years. I'm still buying CDs. Analog kidnapping is 
back, Jack. <laughs> I picture, because I, when you think about when you're announcing a kidnapping, even you still picture the classic ransom note. Now, imagine this is my like old guy shit about like kids. Kids these days don't even know you just have to cut a <laughs> ransom note out of a magazine. Back in my day, we used to buy eight different Vogues. <laughs> right. You needed you needed to hit a newsstand and you couldn't all get them from the same newsstand. They would know you were a newsstand. Oh, no, 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 no. You had to drive disconnectedy and to come back to Long Island. We needed a glue stick. We needed scissors. <laughs> <laughs> now you just hold up a cell phone with the Huffington Post front page. Unbelievable. Where's the craftsmanship? Kidnappers these days. Is the yo, that's yeah, book it. That's a good one. Kidnappers these days. That's <laughs> that's some that's some classic comedy right there. Fuck. Man, Thank you. We've, we've gone on a journey Thank you. on this podcast. Sorry to we, sorry to take us so discussed. off course. Oh no. I just wanted to bring it back. We discussed the best Kevin. Let's get back to a lesser Kevin. Please. Mr. Burleson. Yes. Um I do you think if his career went better, he would be the Burleson on CBS? I feel like he would be a Burleson on CBS. I feel like he could have, he could mm. have, Nate had a pretty good career though, right? In football. Yeah, that's true. I mean, he played like damn near 10 years. Yeah. Couple, couple playoff appearances. This, this story though reminds me of like how hard it is to make it at that level and to stick around. Like this, the imagine like I bet when the the surrounding towns when they played like football and basketball against the Burleson, you know, like oh shit, there's another Burleson kid that's that's in high school now. He's gonna crush <laughs> us, and, and like they're probably like legends in their hometown. They played professionally, and now it's like this is his legacy. I, I'm like obsessed with that. Yeah, and shouts out to our guy, Harry, sword out on the boards for finding this. Nobody knew this happened until this podcast. Incredible. I want to put that on. Kevin, Kevin Burleson, I'm sorry that we're dragging your good name through the mud, but hopefully, yeah. hopefully people will also know the good things you did. I also love like the mix of people who play in Europe, right? Or play in like in international leagues outside the NBA is always so fascinating to me because it's like um guy who came out of D1. And and hasn't quite didn't get drafted and is like trying to play his way into the league. Guy on the tail end of his career, maybe trying to make a few more paychecks and and and, and keep his career going. And then like uh Ukrainian teenager smoking a cigarette on the court while throwing behind the back passes. Yeah. And his whole family also smoking cigs in the crowd. They <laughs> yeah, got leather yeah, yeah. jackets on. Right. We're indoors. Yep. Right. The, just the, a cloud over the arena. It's like, <laughs> how are we getting, how is this game canceled because of smog conditions inside? <laughs> Yo, I know that Europe stuff is wild. And I mean, the pay isn't great. Like I know in women's sports, yeah. Europe pays better than here, but I don't think it goes the same way for men. And well, the women's sports are tough, right? Because like, I, I, I forget who I heard this from. I should cite my sources, but like WNBA players immediately after the season ends going to play overseas to like make their year yeah. financially, which is like, that's a tough year. I feel like when, um, for men's sports, right. And especially the NBA, you're like, man, they must be so tired from playing in the Olympics and the, I, I bet like WNBA players are like, oh, must be tough, <laughs> you know, having to play two more weeks. <laughs> so we Kevin Durant. They have to go straight from Europe back here. Like there's so many instances where 
They got to come back and it's already three weeks into the season. No break. Yes. You know what I mean? You just got done with a full schedule. Yes. Of even maybe more games. It's nuts. It's It's nutty. It's really a lot. And, uh, and then there's like the, the players that become international legends. Like Stefan Marbury has statues of him in China. Yeah. Jimmer Fredette dropped 75 yesterday. (laughs) No way. Wait, where does he play now? Like, for real. That's incredible. He plays, He's in China. He went to China. Oh, that's so great. I showed this stat to my friends. I was like with some people, and I was like, yo, Jimmer went crazy last night. They were like, where? I said China. They were like, dude, like someone almost smacked my phone out of my hand. Like, they were like, how dare you? How dare you mention China stats? Right, 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 right. Serious. I'm like, I was like, wait, guys, none of us play perfect. Right. Like, it's still, we can't go, don't act like you could drop 70 I in would China score right now. zero points in a professional basketball yeah. game in China. But it's, I don't think I would score in a China game. It still feels like, though, I get it because it still feels like when you're like, oh, he scored 70 points in China. That's like, he dunked on a 12 foot rim, but it was on the moon. So the gravity was different. <laughs> Oh man, moon ball on the way. Funny ball, then Funny moon ball. Then ball. Moon ball. <laughs> mooney ball. They're coming. They got a mooney ball. <laughs> it's Paul Mooney. Paul, rest in peace. <laughs> R.I.P. is, yeah. Wait, I uh, I opened for Paul Mooney. This is a long digression, or wild digression, but I opened for, for Paul Mooney for a yeah. weekend in Philadelphia. And it was like one of the most fascinating weekends of my life because it was like really incredible to watch him work. The first night, it was Wednesday through Saturday, six shows. Wednesday night, he did two hours and 45 minutes. And people were leaving, what? not because they were like, I'm walking out because I'm offended. They were like, uh, our babysitter is falling asleep. We have to get home. It's yeah. Wednesday night at 1130. <laughs> and then the last night, we like didn't really talk, but we were in the green room at the same time. He, I, I kind of did everything through his assistant. I would bring up yeah. his assistant on the I stage. I mean, I'm shocked. It's incredible. I'm shocked to even let a white guy he do prefers, it. I, didn't know I think he, he would white ask guys. for kind of like a dweeby white guy for contrast. Nice. And But he wouldn't, yes. you know, we weren't like hanging out. One night I was like, hey, really a pleasure working with you as I was leaving for the night. And he goes, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> and the last night, um, this is like formative comedy memory. This is probably um eight years ago. He got, I, his assistant asked me, she's very sweet making small talk. She goes, are you driving home tomorrow from Philly to New York? And I say, yes, I've got a, she goes, are you driving alone? I go, no, I have a friend who is going to visit her brother. She's going to come with me. And uh, Mooney, who has been, I think, pretending to sleep on the couch, just like head back, eyes closed, (laughs) sits up straight and goes, never drive alone if you can help it. Cops are lying motherfuckers and you need a witness at all times. And then immediately closed his eyes and went back to sleep. Yo, <laughs> out of the coffin, out of the coffin with the facts. Damn, it was incredible. It's like I, yeah. it's I've never, I've had, I've gotten advice from headliners before, but never advice that was like so. <laughs> you're like, oh, this is from the heart. Like he doesn't give a shit yeah. about my comedy, but he woke woke up from a, I think again, fake sleep to be like, fuck the police, <laughs> and then back to sleep. Like that's my advice to you. Fuck cops, a cab. Damn, yo, Mooney Ball is on the way. I, I'm, I'm texting, I'm texting somebody right now. No I'm white players, right? Fucking now, no yeah, white players please. in the league. You guys stay home, but when we get it done, you guys can definitely come watch, buy tickets, mm-hmm. 
They cost twice as much for uh, white fans. Yeah, obviously, it's not going to be equal mm-hmm. rates. Mm-hmm. We're definitely going to play with those numbers. Mm-hmm. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I loved your comment in the story about about murder block <laughs> sounding so oh, yeah. Jamaican, but it also is such a German way to describe a block shot to be like, um, oh, he his life force was snuffed out. <laughs> like, yeah, like I imagine that all <laughs> German calls are just like the shot was extinguished just as our own lives will eventually be ended by the outstretched hand of Father Time himself. Just like everything in German um, sports, it relates back to like death and pain. They got to be wearing black turtlenecks. Yeah, the whole bit, man. Nah, it's, I mean, why? I mean, if they're dressed normal, I'd be pissed. I know. I'm picturing full sprockets, like Werner Herzog. Yeah. yeah. Classic German shit. The halftime show is just like, you know, black and white footage of like a deer being gutted. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah, then a guy shoots a half court shot. <laughs> so still, they'd still do the half court shot. <laughs> That's so funny. And he's just like crying uh, softly while he shoots. Oh, but yeah. Look, after we get Mooney Ball off the ground, uh, Ger- German art house ball. Absolutely. Gotta be rule of threes. Mm-hmm. So I think, we, I think where, we found our third. This is where Grizz, the, the Memphis Grizzlies meet Grizzly Man. This is what the, the fucking crossover you guys have been waiting for, yes, right? Thank you. Everybody says basketball, not entertaining enough. Oh, well, here not it is. Serious. Yeah. Oh, the game is soft. <laughs> yeah. How about fucking slaughterhouse on the court? Yeah. What do you think about that? What do you think about? Somebody taking a dump in public. I'm not going to say where or how it looks. Yeah. Is that? What do you think about that? Fair? Take that 1995 Knicks Heat games. <laughs> this is way more hardcore. Yeah. Shut up, Charles Oakley. <laughs> Bad for MSG. A legend. Right, man, that's terrible. I don't man. You got to reverse that decision. Come on, man. Really bad decision. You better be back. That's. I know. I mean, dude, after everything. After everything we bring been him through, back, you're gonna say, "Okay, come." Let him let him get the first deer at halftime. Just a peace offering. Yeah, German art house ball. James Dolan presents him with a deer, sir. We apologize <laughs> for how we treated you. Now get now go to work. Go to work. It's time. Yeah, this, there's just so much in this story. I because I think like we think about professional basketball sometimes as like the NBA and then. You know, some people are, there are people who are college fans and of course, WNBA fans for sure. But like there, there's so much professional sports that's outside of the spotlight. And I think like this Kevin Burleson story, as much as it illustrates like this, this streak is about that, right? Is about like what it takes. Like he oh, played for, sure. for the Bobcats, which is the perfect team for this. They to don't exist. To. They don't exist. <laughs> right. The Bobcats existed so briefly and as in that form. 
Do you have a favorite Bobcat? If you had to be one Bobcat for the rest Ooh. of your life, who would it be? Gosh, I'm, I forget who. You mentioned Emika Okafor. Yeah, that's a solid one. And I mean, if you want to be hot, it's not a bad call. Tall. He's got Ibaka vibes. Mm-hmm. He's not as hot as Ibaka, but mm-hmm. it'll work, dude. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, as long as you're not in L.A., you're good money. And he was like UConn legend, right? Am I thinking of that right? For sure. For sure. Yeah. So I like the New England connection, but I forget who played for those years because those teams were bad. And then the team essentially stopped. Like was It was like, oh, we can't even, like, this team's so bad. We got to erase the name. <laughs> yeah. Now Jordan put it into that shit real quick. I think they made the playoffs one year when they had Steven Jackson. Right. You know how sometimes... When, like, contracts get fucked up and really good teams have to let some guys go, Mm -hmm. they always end up somewhere they shouldn't be. Mm -hmm. Steven Jackson is a great example. And I think he just, like, I think he just punked everybody into being good there one season. He was like, if you guys aren't good, I'm going to beat your ass. And I think it worked. (laughs) Yeah. I Sometimes you need that guy, right? Like, and I, I think some people respond to it better than others again going back to kevin garnett there's like all those stories of him making like teammates cry by yelling at them which is like it's (laughs) so hard to do like imagine and and this is like you know imagine in nba culture the resistance to just crying like we've seen guys like get their legs snap and just like bite through their lip like i'll survive this yeah yeah and kevin garnett is just like you're a piece of shit. You're nothing. You can't play. You deserve to be out of the league. And just like tears going down the guy's face. And it's like, they're everything in the culture of that job is like, don't cry right now. Don't cry right now. This, you could be out of the league <laughs> just for crying. Forget like your shooting stats, forget like playing bad defense. Yeah. And like Glenn Davis, just like, that's what the G league's for. It's for crying. <laughs> yeah. The G league is where you cry at. Don't bring that shit to the fucking and bigs, please. And this is not me being like, don't men don't cry. It's just like, you, I'm at the, these men are not, don't feel like they're <laughs> allowed to cry. particular ones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not all of them. Just these, like, you know, 400 guys. They, right. They just professionally, <laughs> like, one of the things is, like, don't cry. <laughs> and he did it. Like, and it's, it's also, it, you don't win when the other guy cries. <laughs> right? You're not like, oh, I made him cry yeah. and now the team is better. <laughs> Yeah, no, it might be worse. It might be worse. What if he never stops crying? <laughs> Nobody knows. Like, you don't know when the crying's going to stop. Right, right. Which is probably one of the reasons why you don't want to cry in the league. Because it's like, what if I can't yeah, stop? Yeah, what if, what if you like that better than the rest of it? What if you're like, this feels so good, this catharsis. This is my favorite part. It's, um, <laughs> I haven't been this in touch with my feelings for years. Man, that's a funny Hall of Fame speech. Some like a like a Patrick Ewing type mm-hmm. character. He's like, I have so many memories in the league, but my favorite part of it all, the crying. <laughs> or Jordan crying during his speech. Yeah. And then being like, you yeah. know what? I wish I'd let myself do this 20 years ago. This the feels years amazing. Ago. Yeah, man. That's why Allen Iverson cries all the time now. Mm-hmm. Every time you see Allen Iverson on camera, he just got done crying. He knows how important it is to be in touch with your emotions. <laughs> Facts, man. He's got, he's got AI, artificial intelligence, but he's also got emotional intelligence. EI. EI. That's, that's who he should be. So- EI. He's the answer, right? But the question was, how does that make you feel? Feel. <laughs> 
Well, I know the ending, that wasn't necessarily about Kevin, but it feels like a good spot to get out on. I don't think it's going to get better than that. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you so much for having me. Ain't no problem. Any last, uh, anything you want to tell the people, any thoughts for Kevin, uh, any, any plugs, let, let them have it. Let us hear it. Kevin, I'm glad you're hanging in the league. I'm glad you're coaching. I think that this is a great story. Plugs. Yeah, I've got a, a podcast called Make My Day, Jesus and Marrow, Sundays and Thursdays uh, at 11 on Showtime. I've got a book. If you're into to books, it's uh, an essay collection. And uh, I'm out doing some stand up and, and around, mostly around New York now, but like I'm starting to fill in some road dates. Yeah. Let's fucking go. Uh, Kevin, yeah, shouts out to them wolves. Anything They're is possible. Back. The wolves are back. <laughs> Anything is possible. Seattle's on the way. New Orleans is moving soon. <laughs> And thanks for listening, guys. Once again, Josh Gondel. Whoa. Thank you. That was so fun. Thanks for listening to NBA Storytime. I'm your host, co-writer, and stretch three on the floor, Jamel Johnson. Harry Swartout is our producer, co-writer, and a man heavily invested in rec specs. Daniel Hardigan is our script editor, and the guy who mops up after people who fall down under the basket. Devin Shepard is our associate producer and the only one who makes sure we all get on the bus on time. Thank you, Devin. Haley O'Shaughnessy is our consulting producer and leading the league in bench points. John Yales and Peter Moses are our executive producers, and they also insisted on calling their own fouls. Real good to you guys. Got an idea for a story you want us to tell? Leave it in a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and we'll put it in front of our Podcast Homeowners Association to see if we're allowed to make it sometime in the future. And I'm not repainting my fence. NBA Storytime is a Blue Wire podcast. Catch you next time. Hold up. 